Some people like to live on the technological bleeding edge by installing beta software on their phones, tablets, and computers. The beta lifestyle, as we call it, can be a struggle at times, but with the reward of getting to preview new features before the general public. But should you do it? I'm Jason Cipriani with my co-host Jason Perlow, and on this episode of Jason Squared, we're going to talk about the beta programs from Apple, Google, Microsoft, and more. All right, Perlow, I know you live beta life pretty much year-round. Mm. How is it all going for you? Well, you know, Jason, I'm the kind of the person that loves to play with technology, and like you, others, you know, rely on me for guidance and recommendations. So I always jump on the new betas when they become available. Now, for certain things, I, I dedicate hardware to beta testing, you know, such as PCs for Windows 11. Uh, but other things, I don't have the luxury of buying dedicated equipment for testing because, you know, it gets expensive. So, you know, for yeah. example, uh, my iPad and my iPhone are both running iOS and iPadOS 15 betas. Uh, my watch is running watchOS 8. Uh, my Apple TV is tvOS 15. Um, the only Mac I currently have right now uh, is that is current enough to run Mac OS 12 Monterey is also running the beta. And my Pixel is running Android 12. So pretty much, you know, with the exception of the devices my wife has for her personal use, you know, her iPhone and I, her iPad, um, all the devices in my house are running beta code. Yeah, you know, that's that's a similar story for me. Uh, you know, my I, I don't buy extra hardware, even though that yeah. is pretty much the disclaimer with every company. That's what is, they that's what they want you to do. Is, right. is running. Do not hardware. install yeah. on your daily device. Install no. on test hardware. Well, I mean, I guess I could buy an iPhone SE to test this on, but then I'm going to have to carry that around instead of my iPhone 12 right. Pro, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. So right now I have iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Watch OS 8, Apple TV OS 15 um, installed on my Apple devices. The only Mac I have is currently still running the official latest version of Mac OS. Uh, it is not on Monterey yet, and that's because it... According to the developer, it breaks <laughs> Audio Hijack, which is an app I use to record audio, like for this yeah. podcast. And that's a pretty critical piece of uh, software for me. So I don't want to take the chance of breaking a, uh, you know, an app that I rely on daily or at least weekly. I wonder if it's breaking my audacity. That might have explained why occasionally, you know, you, you see the behind the scenes of me cursing and screaming before the start of every podcast. <laughs> it um, very maybe, well could be. Yeah. I, I, it, it, um, so I was ready to take the plunge when beta three came out and I thought, you know, I'm going to check real quick. And so I went to the website and there's a big banner on top that says, we do not recommend upgrading yet. Do not t put the beta on your daily machine. It will break audio hijack. So I am going to listen to that because, like I said, it's something I need. As for Windows 11, I did take the plunge on my Surface Pro X, which was already part of the Insider program, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, yeah. uh, when they rolled out 64-bit support for it, the ARM processor, which completely borked and ruined the laptop 
tablet two in one for me. So I figured, why not? Let's see what Windows 11, Windows 11 is all about. And actually it's been a lot better. So maybe they fix some of that ARM support in 64 bit in Windows 11, I don't know. And then I have a Pixel 5 running Android 12, which is very late in the beta cycle by now. Yeah. Um, we're getting pretty close to the final build. All of the APIs and what are, are finalized from Google, which is a good indicator that uh, Google is very close. There's one more beta scheduled to be released in August for that. And then it'll be official probably it, a week it, or two it, later. It feels, I just got it installed like two, three days ago. And, and I, you know, the, the beta, the third one. And I, I think it's pretty feature complete at this point. Probably not too dangerous for your average person to jump into. For at least no. on a pixel. Yeah, not at all. I tried and failed to get it on my oppo. So, you know, that's, but we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, um, this episode is going to be one of those, you know, do as I say, not as I do kind of things. I, I, I think yeah. we can both agree that you and I do not necessarily fit the profile of a traditional consumer. And we take, we, we, we take a lot more risks with our personal technology than other people do. Um, I certainly do not recommend that anyone use beta software to run line of business functions. Because, look, ZDet, we're a business site. Let me just get that out of the way. Do not run this on your business equipment um, or that you install beta code on personal devices that unless you're prepared to deal with the consequences and the side effects of when this software goes haywire and false, because it's that question is if it's going to fall, it's going to fall. Now, the, the routine things that you're going to deal with, right, are slower performance, right, because in beta, you know, particularly in the earliest builds. Right, they frequently have all the debug code turned on, and that eats up additional CPU, and it chews up your battery. Right, your battery yep. life is crap during during beta cycles. Um, I've also seen devices get a lot warmer during betas because of the increased CPU cycles. Right, so that's something you have to be, be just be aware of. Um, I deal with crashes all the time, and a lot of time it's not a big deal; it's just an inconvenience. You, you restart the app, and no big deal. But be prepared for it sometimes to interfere with your work or you just wanting to get stuff done. Now, for, I mean, for example, it was embarrassing. You know, last weekend um, I was driving in the car with my wife and we wanted to navigate somewhere on Apple Maps on the iPhone, which was running the iOS 15 beta. Now, it crashed constantly and I actually had to use my wife's iPhone or we weren't going to go anywhere that day. So, it, I mean, you know, stuff will break that you're gonna, and you're going to be like, ah, oh, crap, I'm running the beta. That's yeah, going to happen. Absolutely. All the, I know. think, look, there's, I could go down a whole list of bugs I've experienced, especially with iOS and iPad OS 15 beta. But I think the biggest thing for me is battery life. I used yeah. to go all day long without having to worry about uh, charging my iPhone or doing anything there uh, as far as battery life goes. But now, even if I have it on a wireless charger while I'm at my desk for most of the day, I am still by seven or eight o'clock having to sit yeah. on my couch with a charger plugged in in order to get to 10 or 11 o'clock when I go to bed. And it's just, that's part of, as my wife and I refer to it, beta life. And you're always charging. So that MagSafe battery, MagSafe battery pack that Apple just released um, mm -hmm. and is arriving later this week, for me personally, cannot have come soon enough. Uh, at least I'll have that on me at all times and hopefully it will double the battery life of the iPhone 12 uh, Pro. Nice. You know, but, but there's one, here's one bug. I, I will dive into some bugs that I'm, I'm experiencing in iOS or iPadOS 15. It's actually on both. Mm. So I don't know, maybe you can try this after we're done recording Perlo. But so if you go and you use 
the address bar in the new Safari mm. to search Google for something. Or I've had it do this to me on Amazon as well. So search for something, right? So just whatever search query. The results come up. And now you have another search bar below if you want to refine, refine your search or you type out or whatever on Google. If you go and you enter text in the website search bar and hit enter, it actually searches the web page. It's like you did command F to search the web page for those terms instead of recycling the search query. And it drives me absolutely nuts. So in order to search again, I either have to click on the magnifying glass icon to force the search through, or I have to go back to the address bar that has universal search built in and use that there. It is the weirdest bug. Wow. Yeah, it just, but it makes no sense whatsoever why it's happening. And it's just, uh, it's been around since beta two. Beta one was fine. Beta two and three. Searching is now a chore. And it's something that we do countless times a day. And now I have to be very, very actively aware of what's going on. And it just, it drives me nuts, but it's something that I'm willing to put up with in order to test the latest features. My, you know what my favorite uh, Apple bug is right now? And I, I hope the gosh, they fix it by the time this thing goes to, goes to uh, and I don't even know if it's a bug or, or it's a, or it's a prod or it's a feature performance issue, is the private gateway in iCloud Plus. When that thing yeah. is turned on, Oh man, when I don't know if it's because it's a cloud-based service, right? So you yeah. know you're gateweying into a proxy service that's running on Apple's cloud for all your network traffic on both iOS and Mac, it, right? So you know when that's turned on, um, and and they are I don't know when when they're having performance issues or whatever or availability issues, yep. you can't browse crap. No, you can't you, yeah. you, you can't do internet crap on anything. So you so I have actually had to manually go in there um, and turn the thing off, and the thing turns itself back on. So it it's does. like you can't. So I don't know how you like can can manually set it so that it never turns back on. But until that thing's perfected, I don't even want to use that thing anymore. It's, yeah, it's, I it's, have gone back and forth with it as well. The iCloud private yeah. relay, which hides your IP relay. Ad- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which hides your IP address from uh, trackers and ads, and, and yeah, even the websites you're visiting. It gives you it gives them a completely wrong IP address. What's funny is if you Google "What's my IP?" while you have that enabled, it give, it gives you the weirdest IP address. Sometimes, like for me, I'm in Colorado. Sometimes it's a Texas or Oklahoma IP address yeah. that is my public facing IP. So it's I know it's working, but I too have you'll be browsing the web and all of a sudden page isn't loading. Page isn't loading. You think my internet go down? Nope. Yeah. Private private relays having issues, uh, and so you have to go in and quickly disable it. And yeah, it can turn itself back on at times, which is even more frustrating because you think you had it off and then your internet is no longer yeah, working. So they, they, need, they need like a hot button or something in control panel or, or, or on the top of the Mac, you know, pass bar to turn it on and off as, as needed because it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass to, to dig into the control pa- to, uh, to settings and, and find that setting and turn it off. It's, 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 it's annoying. Yeah, there uh, is a blanket switch under if you go to iCloud... Uh, if you go to settings, your yeah. username at the top, iCloud, private relay, you could turn it off completely there. Uh, now I wonder if shortcuts 
if maybe there's some way to use shortcuts to do it. I'll have to look into that. I've been thinking about looking into it. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll do that once we're done recording here. All right, but this is all par for the course, right? You and I both knew stuff like this was going to happen. Yep. Of, co of course, Private Relay isn't 100% yet because it doesn't have to be 100% yet. They don't no. care that developers and public beta testers run into these. I mean, they care, obviously, but they can do maintenance in the middle of the day be and disrupt it because it doesn't yep. really matter. Once this stuff is officially released... That's when it truly matters, and they they're going they for that. That's that's when they fully scale it up, you know, and they pay for right. the cloud instances to do it. So, but, right. but that's 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 the thing. You have to learn to put up with all these these inconveniences because you 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 have to expect that they have not designed it to scale. You know, exactly. they designed it. You know, so so let's talk about how do you sign up for these things if you want to sign up for them, right? Yeah, I think that's a good question, and I would say inarguably Apple's beta program, public beta program, and even the developer beta program is by far the most popular. So I think we yep. should start there because odds are most people are going to use that instead of Android betas. And we'll get to why here in a minute, but it's, it's actually really easy to sign up for the public beta. There yep. are actually two different beta tracks, although the builds are the same. Yep. Uh, the first one is the developer beta, which always launches the same day as the WWDC opening keynote. Yep. Um, but in order to take part in the developer beta, you need to pay basically $100 a year to be have a paid developer account, which allows yep. you to publish apps in the App Store. But it also gives you access to early builds. Yep. And then a few weeks later, the public betas launch. At least that's been the cadence over the last couple of years. You know, this year, I think what WWDC was June 7th. They said July they would release the public betas and it was the last day in June that they released the first public beta. So it was just a few weeks later. Um, and again, it's the same build as the developer program, but it's usually a day or two behind. So if beta four comes out tomorrow, you know, that's a Thursday on Friday, odds are the public beta of right. beta four will follow it. So, um, but where do you go if someone wanted to sign up for the public beta and, and what all do they need to do, Perlo? So uh, public betas are at beta.apple.com, which you need to visit on the device you want to set up with the beta, right? So um, on a, you know an iPhone or an iPad, um, you would go to beta.apple.com, and then there is you would click on you know the icon for the operating system you want to install, which would be in this case iOS or iPadOS 15. Oh, by the way, there's also a 14.x track as well. Um, and then what happens is there is a profile, which is basically a special file that gets loaded to you onto your device uh, to download and install the beta code. Now, once you have that profile, then you can go into settings, software update, and it will pull down the new code. Actually, it'll reboot your device after you install the profile. Then you then you can go into software uh, you can settings, go into general set, set, software set, update, update and, and then bang, it, it pulls it down. Um, Slightly different on uh, Mac OS 12 works the same way with the profile. You have to go in with Safari and go to the website, um, beta.apple.com. Watch OS 8 works a little bit differently. You have to go have the profile installed on your iPhone, uh, you know, through the watch app. Uh, you yeah. know, so you, you, you're, you're going to go on to, to, to Safari, the same thing. You're going to choose Watch OS 8, and it'll install the profile. Uh, and you'll go into the watch app, watch app, and then do the 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 push of the of the new uh, of the beta operating system. Um, TVOS is a little bit weirder. 
um, you have two choices. One is going into the system menu and then choosing install beta updates, and it will choose a beta track for whatever the current, I believe, public beta track by default. Now, if you yeah. want, if you want the developer beta track, which is a different track, you have to use Xcode to push to the to it. I don't current, I don't use that one. I just use the public beta track on, yeah, on TVS. Yeah, yeah so. I wait for TVOS. I wait until it's public beta because I don't feel like disconnecting everything no. from the TV, hooking it up to Xcode on a Mac, and going through that whole process. If there was a killer new feature, I've done it in the past and it was totally worth it. But especially with this latest update. There was no point in you know getting a head start and joining the developer beta. The only thing I would add to all of this, what you said is 100% accurate, is to back up your devices yes. before you do this. And I don't mean using for iPhone and iPad iCloud backup because mm -hmm. here's the deal. As soon as you install iOS 15 or iOS 16 next year, whatever it is, as soon as you install a beta and iCloud creates a backup of your device, you cannot you can roll back. Okay, so it's, if you hate iOS 15, it's too buggy, you don't like that private relay thing we were just talking about, and you want to go back to iOS 14, you can do that. But it requires you to factory reset yep. your device. And here's the catch. It, to restore your device, you cannot use an iCloud backup created on a beta. Nope. So you can't, create, can't restore an iOS 14 device with an iOS 15 backup. So nope. what I recommend to do is use, if you have a Mac, use a uh, finders tool to create an encrypted backup of your device and save it on your Mac. If you have a Windows PC, use iTunes to do the same thing. Benefit here is you have a backup that was current the day you upgraded to iOS 15 beta. So do this while you're still on iOS 14. And because it's encrypted, it saves all of your app passwords, your email passwords, your sign-ins, all of that. So when you restore it, it's exactly like it was, and you don't have to go through the process of signing back into everything. For macOS Monterey, uh, just use Time Machine to create a backup there. Yep. WatchOS 8, tvOS 15, you're not going to be able to back those up. And plus, once you get on WatchOS 8, you can't roll back. Nope. So you're stuck on it. And then you're also stuck on iOS 15. So uh, that, that would be the only thing I would add here is take the couple of hours it's going to take you to back these up properly on a computer and then jump into the beta if you're going to do that. You will, future you will think current you 10 times over if you do this. Otherwise, you're starting with a brand new device and losing anything you had on there that you wanted to save, which can be extremely frustrating. Yep. Good point. So Android, right? Android is a whole different ball, oh, different ball of wax. Yeah, it's, it's a uh, somewhat unnecessarily complicated beta program in the fact yeah. that it really depends on what kind of Android phone you have, which I guess is a good summation of Android as a whole anyways for features and, and capabilities. But basically, Google at Google I.O. every May uh, releases the first public beta of the next version of Android. Now, usually in February for the last couple of years, they release a developer preview. Yep. Uh, let's see, the last two years, you've had to manually flash using ADB, which yep. if you don't know what that is, then you should stay away from this. I'm not even gonna try to explain it. You're using ADB to flash the software yourself until that public beta comes out when over-the-air updates are available generally to the public. But you need a Pixel phone in order to do to take part in the beta program. And not, as we know, Google hasn't sold a lot of pixels. 
And so there's not yeah. many people that have a Pixel device just laying around to install Android 12. But where do they go if they do happen to have a Pixel? So if you happen to have a Pixel, um, you can go to developer.android.com or, you know, android.com forward slash beta, right? And there is a page there that says, you know, if you can... One, you can, you know, just simply enroll your phone. It'll say your phone's eligible. Um, you know, it, once you've done that, it'll push something to your phone and you'll be able to install it. There's also something called an Android Flash tool, which runs uh, in the browser. So you basically, yeah. you just hook up the phone uh, to your USB-C uh, and, um, you know, it, it, it basically prompts you through a process on Chrome uh, to to flash with the latest uh, developer be developer beta and and it's not that horrible you know I've, I've done it a couple of times um, you know especially with the first time is is really the, the the part that's a pain in the butt and then you can just continue to do over the air um, after that yeah I forgot uh, about the Chrome flash tool so you're right ADB it, yeah. that's basically an automated version of ADB and having to go right. through terminal or, or command prompt to do it yourself. So yes, developer beta is a pain to load, but the Chrome Flash tool does speed up that process and streamlines it for maybe beginning developers, I'll say. Yep, yep. Now the, the real problem is when you're dealing with third party uh, Android phones, right? So they yeah, this all, is where it gets now, muddy. There, there is, so they've been more have signed up this year. There's about, I'm gonna say about eight or nine, 10 of them. I didn't, I didn't do the full count on them. Uh, but there's a page there when you go to android.com forward slash beta of the partner uh, companies. Most of them are not as up to date as Google is with, with Pixel and there might be a build or two behind. Uh, so like if you're in beta three, they might be on beta two or even beta one with the possible exception of OnePlus being the one that appears to be the most up to date with 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 sync with what with with what Google's doing with Pixel, um, yeah. Samsung is not on the list, by the way. They never are ever. Um, and they roll out Android betas and releases at their own pace, which could be you know six months from now to, right. before they put Android uh, you know twelve on. So uh, look, if, if you're if you're if you want to test Android, you know if you're one of those people that want to play with the latest Android, then Pixel is your phone. That's yeah, that's, exactly. That's that's where we are. As for the third-party vendors, partners, par you know, hardware manufacturers, most of them are Chinese brands. And um, there's not, yeah. I'm trying to remember, outside of OnePlus, odds are you probably don't have a compatible phone. Nope. And like you just said, uh, OnePlus is usually a day or two behind Google as far as the beta updates. But yeah. there's also a big red flag here, and that is... OnePlus bricked a whole bunch of OnePlus 9s when they released oh, really? Did they? Wow. Beta 1. In fact, they pulled it for like two weeks because they were bricking phones. So they're moving so fast at times that they're not doing quality assurance the way they should. Now, they're going to claim not their fault. You're on your own. Figure out how to fix it. They may give you some you know, basic instructions and point you in the right direction to get it fixed. But... Uh, they they move fast and they can break some stuff, which you know is is not good when it's your primary phone. So, really, truly, I only recommend people do the Android beta program if they have a Pixel, and yep. usually wait till beta three or four. And and Google's very upfront with their schedule, their release schedule for the betas, which is how we know there's one more scheduled in August because they provide that schedule on day yep. one. And, and I'm talking about in February, we know exactly how many major updates we're going to see. And so I usually tell someone, if they ask me, should I join it? I tell them, wait until that July or August update hits because that's when everything gets finalized and developers 
developers know the code is there and they could really perfect their apps to work with the new APIs and whatnot. And so I, I would give listeners that same exact advice. If, if you're going to test Android, buy a Pixel and wait until that July or August update if you absolutely want to test it but don't want to deal with all of the issues. You know, uh, what was it, two years ago, Android 10? Uh, yep. I was taking part of the beta. Every single one of my banking apps, because of some security API mm, they all use, mm-hmm. would not work. So, you know, and at the time, I didn't have an iPhone that I was using daily. I was only using Android. And so I could uh, do no mobile banking at all on my Android devices. And it wow. was uh, it was not a fun, I think they fixed it. Google released a fix that kind of worked around it a little bit later. It was a couple of weeks, but it was not a fun couple of weeks. So, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into these betas that break stuff. And just because something works on beta one does not mean it's not going to yep. get broke on beta three. And that's had, the one thing I've had, I've had home automation apps blow up all sorts of yeah. stuff, you know, just, yeah. or anything that has any user interface changes, you know, that is that, ha- that uses an old user interface standard. And then right. suddenly a new UI comes out and then suddenly everything looks screwed up and weird and you can't yep. touch buttons and things like that. That happens all yep. the time. Yep. Yeah, all the time. So the latest entry into beta life, uh, I guess, is yep. Windows 11. Now, yeah. Microsoft has had the Insider program for years now for Windows 10. A lot of people are part of it, and there's different categories of how quick you get builds. But Windows 11 is the latest entry into this. What do we know about it? Right. So to join the Windows 11 beta program, uh, or you have, it's really not even called a beta, it's called Insider Developer Preview, right? You must be a Windows Insider member, okay? Now, anybody can do that. Uh, You can go into settings on Windows 10, Windows Update, and then choose Windows Insider Program, and then you have to link your Microsoft ID uh, to that. Uh, that, that, that insider uh, program. Now, then you have to go to the flight settings and set to dev, right? Because there's a couple of different ones, you know, but dev is the one that gets you the Windows 11 flights. Uh, you then need to run Windows Update to pull the beta downs builds from Microsoft, and then it'll keep downloading. Every time they, they release a new flight, it yeah. gets sent to your computer and it'll, it'll prompt you to, to reboot the machine or it'll find a time at night when you're not using the machine and it'll bounce your box. Basically, so that, yeah, it's, that it's it's one of the quicker ways of enrolling a device. I, Android does it, or Google does it pretty well with Android. Windows 11 and the Insider program was actually pretty easy. It took you know maybe three minutes to get enrolled um, and, and you know get it rolling and downloaded and or downloading on my device. There are yeah. three different tracks, so to say, so to speak. Um, I think there's like beta and then there's yeah i don't remember the names but basically they they determine how fast you get new builds from uh, very I, very slow to every couple of days and like you said windows yeah. 11 is only a dev preview right now so you're getting it, an update every few days it, it's fun i have a dedicated machine for this but but let me let me just give just bring one caveat so a lot of people are installing the windows 11 developer preview on older hardware uh, and it works it runs uh, in fact, it runs really good on a lot of older machines. Like, like I have a Gen 6 machine, uh, Intel Gen 6 machine, that it's running on. But here's the catch. They're allowing everyone to participate in the developer preview, even if the hardware will not be certified for use with the release version. So uh, currently, uh, the Generation 6 and Generation 7 machines will work 
uh, with with Windows 11. But come October, when the final comes out, you might be left behind. You probably will be left behind. You're, I'm definitely going to be left behind in Generation 6. There's some talk as to now whether or not Generation 7 machines will be allowed uh, to get the final version because they do not support necessarily uh, the processor functions for uh, the virtualization based security stuff and the you know secure boot stuff correctly. So yeah. uh, the, they'll let you work on they'll let you play with it now. But if your hardware doesn't have those advanced security functions in October, you're going to have to reinstall Windows 10. You're done. I mean, you're, you're screwed, basically. Do you know if there's so, going to be an yeah. easy way to go back or are you going to start fresh with Windows 10? Uh, you mean like a rollback? I, I yeah. haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything about a rollback. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't yeah, looked into uh, it because uh, yeah. I'm using it on a, a supported device. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, once yeah. Windows 11 gets to the point where it's off the dev channel and it goes up to the next one, I think I'll jump over to that because yeah. when you're on dev for Windows Insider, you're going to see a lot more bugs and a lot more oh, issues. Yeah. And, and you could get updates every day. And that's a lot of wasted time, if, especially if you're doing this on a work machine like we are, uh, of waiting for updates to install, hoping it fixes a bug, but also sitting there wondering what bugs you're going to experience after it installs. So I think I'll bump it up once it moves off of dev and goes to something else, uh, whatever the next level up is. I forget the name right now. Yeah. But yep, there's yep, more... Yep more than just operating system betas. And I'm going to be honest with you, I do not take part in these. I used to uh, years ago, but I don't anymore. But that's web browser betas. And so do you use like Chrome and, or Safari and Firefox yeah, and Edge betas? I, I, I do. So the, the, here's the thing. So what's cool about, you know, the browser betas is you can get to see some of the, uh, I mean, because we use browsers so much, they, you know, having a, a beta version of a browser can really impact your productivity if, if they blow up. So you want to be careful which of these browser betas you use. Yeah. Now, uh, both Google Chrome uh, and Microsoft Edge, uh, you know, have three different layers of beta testing, right? There is uh, the beta channel, right, which is the lowest risk. Uh, it's it's best for average users to look at new features in the browser, and it's issued every six weeks or so, okay? There is also the dev channel, which is weekly builds for software developers, right? And that one, uh, you know, is is can be a bit more unstable, um, I have Dev uh, working on on my on my Windows 11 machine just because I have one on the side just to play with. Um, then there's the Canary Channel, and those are nightly builds, yeah, not recommended. Not recommended for the faint of heart. They will blow up constantly. Now the cool thing about all these browser betas is that they can be installed side by side, so you yeah. can run a stable beta Dev and Canary, all four of them, if you want, you know, without interfering with each other. Um, yeah, they so effectively act like an independent app. They're not overriding yeah. each other. Yeah. So Edge is, again, similar to Chrome, Beta, Dev, and Canary. Um, there are websites to download these separate channels, builds, uh, if you want. Um, Firefox has some, a similar program over at Mozilla.org. They have Beta, Dev, and Nightly, right? Uh, but again, you know, I, I think that the, the lowest level beta is probably the safest to use because it's like I said, every six weeks they issue one. Yeah. Um, you might, you might, you might occasionally find something squirrely, but generally speaking, um, I like the beta build because that's when they, you know, have they roll in bug fixes, early versions of bug fixes, and so things like you know, like memory leaks and stuff are usually taken care of in in, in betas if if they exist in the in the, in the in the quote unquote stable builds. 
So Safari uh, Apple also has a Safari techno technology preview beta. It's not yeah. very widely known, but they do release these, and it's not very often that they update them. The last one was on July 1st. It's developer.apple.com slash Safari slash download if you want to look at it. Uh, it's There's a build for Mac OS 12, Monterey, which is the beta we were talking about earlier. But there's also a build for Mac OS 11, which is the current official version of Mac OS. Yep. And this is the version of Safari that has the ugly tab view and, you know, that's been yeah. causing a lot of turmoil as far as beta testers go and what their feelings and thoughts and, and their hot takes <laughs> on Safari. Uh, the new Safari that we're going to see released later this year for Apple's in Apple's defense, they are taking some of it to heart and actually making some changes. For example, the share button is now back. It was hidden. It was th two clicks away, you know, when beta one launched and now it's, it's back in the taskbar and it's very easy to access, at least on iPad and Mac. Uh, but so yeah, you can take part in testing Safari as well through their technology preview. Uh, what do we? What else do we need to know, Perlo? What closing thoughts do you have for any yeah, would-be I mean, beta testers? Yeah, I, again, you know, I, I if you can have a separate piece of equipment to run this or run it in a virtual machine, if it's on a on a PC or on a Mac, you know, it's it's good to have. Uh, a separate environment for testing these, if possible. I mean, obviously on a mobile device, you can't necessarily do that. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, like I said, if you if you if you if you can't have in an, in a in a business environment, have separate equipment for testing this. You have separate mobile devices that you buy specifically for software development or or for for application testing and compatibility testing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're gonna want to have separate devices. Uh, as an end user, like I said, just be prepared for stuff to happen. You know, yeah, and 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 I like I said, I live with it, and I sometimes I kick myself in the head for for having done it. Um, but you know, I, you and I write for about this stuff for a living, so we kind of have to know about it. And you know, but it, it is what it is. It's 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 you know, it's it, it can be exciting, it can be fun. You get to play with the new features, but then again, this stuff can be raw at yeah. di at, at different at different times of of the year, depending how mature we are in the, in the beta process. Early in the beta process, it's never fun, never no, fun. It, yeah, for all of them. So so my general advice would be backup, backup, backup. Create those backups. You're going to need them if you want to roll back. Or I've had updates brick my phone, and I have had no choice but to roll back and then re-enroll, and I needed that information back on my device. And then also either get yourself a battery case or battery pack or yep. pack your cord and wall adapter with you at all times because battery life is going to take a hit on any of these devices doesn't matter if yep. it's android windows apple usually towards the, the late betas battery life gets a lot better but it's not until that final release candidate build that battery life is really stabilized for this they're doing a lot of work yeah. behind the scenes and it takes a hit so those yeah, two things, the, the, back the, up the, 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 the debug code is really what kills the performance on these machines because they need that debug code in order to see when something crashes and, and then to report it but that debug code when they turn those debug flags on the compiler a lot of extra cycles have to occur for that, yeah. for that deep, for that debugging operation to occur, because they're writing, they're writing log files, they're sending telemetry data, a lot of stuff that takes up a lot of extra CPU time and memory. So uh, it isn't. You're right. It isn't to that very last second that we had that that golden code where they turn all that stuff off and they say, okay, 
Yeah. Now we're running live that, 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 that you start seeing normalized performance. It really is that last beta that, that fixes it. ABC is what I say. Always be charging during beta life. Yep. And that's, that's just my motto and what I go by because you have to. Uh, all right, Perlo, I think we covered it all. What about you? No, we're good. And I, I cannot wait until, uh, you know, we start seeing uh, some finalization of, of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15 within the next, you know, I guess it looks like the next two, two, two months or so we're going to be going through some more betas. But it, it's getting better. It's getting, yeah, it's we're about two months better. away from the normal, typical release cycle, which is towards the end of September. Yeah. So, yeah, we have about – they update every two weeks. So what, we have four more betas, five more betas potentially. Something, so, like, something like that. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch it evolve and see what it ends up becoming, especially Safari and all the, the drama that's going on there. So I'm Jason Cipriani. And I'm Jason Perlow. Thanks for listening to Jason Squared. We truly appreciate it. Make sure to check out the rest of our work at ZDNet.com.